Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Bloom Wildly Live Simply podcast. My name is Morgan Bartell, and I'm so glad that you're here. On this podcast, I share my passion for all things motherhood, marriage, homemaking, homeschooling, and biblical womanhood, and all the things in between. It is officially the Christmas season, and for the next couple weeks here on the podcast, we are going to be diving into all things holiday. This is my favorite time of year, and I am so excited to share it with y'all. My prayer is that when you listen to this podcast, that you feel encouraged and inspired to cultivate your own heart and home to pursue the goodness of God in all that you do. I am so excited for this week's podcast episode. We are going to be diving into the account of the nativity, but not in the traditional sense. I have my husband joining me today because we're going to talk about Joseph. Hello. And um, (laughs) I'm not a father, so I really can't speak too much to this. But as I have been studying out Luke this Advent season, Joseph has just stuck out so much to me. And in the sense of the fact that he played so many roles in the story of the birth of Christ, but also in just in so many ways and so many facets. And so one thing that I was so excited that I was able to snag my husband to do this quick podcast was the fact that he is a father biologically. He mm-hmm. has been a foster dad and as of 2022 is an adoptive father. And the journeys for all three of those are vastly different, but I think they're all tied to Joseph in some way, shape or form. The first mention is in the gospels, but the nativity story and the account of Christ's birth isn't included in all four gospels. No. No, only in Matthew and Luke. And really, the the more detailed account for uh, Joseph in particular is in Matthew. We see it basically kick off in the Gospel of Luke, really, because it's going over the account of the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary, mm-hmm. the account of Elizabeth and Zechariah, and the birth of John, and it just briefly mentions Joseph in the midst of all of it. Right. But I don't think people really expound on what that would have looked like in that culture. The culture and the time and era of Mary and Joseph would have meant Mary getting pregnant out of wedlock while being betrothed to Joseph. Yeah. It would have meant death. Yes. Mary saying, be it unto me, be your will. It really put her almost in the line of fire. But we see that we have heard multiple sermons and things about that, but we haven't really heard anything about what it would have looked like for Joseph. Right. And so that's why I wanted to bring you on to this week's episode, because I think that you have a lot of nuggets and gems of wisdom to share with everybody in just a different perspective. And I think it's very beneficial I know the vast majority of my podcast listeners are female, but to be able to hear from the male perspective of what this narrative would have looked like, I think carries a lot of weight that we can all benefit from hearing. Yeah. I mean, you hear a lot about um, Mary's perspective and what that looked like for her. And, you know, it, it, like you've mentioned, there's not a lot said about Joseph. There's not even a lot said in scripture about him. Um, you know, we really, the first time we see him is in Matthew one eighteen, 
um, where it's just talking about Mary being betrothed to Joseph. And like you mentioned, you know, it was a big deal. Like it had a female that was betrothed all of a sudden been pregnant to just sit there and think about it. You know, if I was in Joseph's shoes in that moment, having not been the first one that, you know, got a dream or a vision or a visitation, Mary was the first one to be visited by Gabriel. But had she not gone or had he not gone along with this, that would have meant taking her out and stoning her to death, like the whole city stoning her to death and him throwing the first stone. And I mean, it would have been a horrific end, you know, going back to this, her getting this message directly from Gabriel and it not being in a dream, not being in a vision, but actually a visitation. Like full on manifestation appearance of an angel sent from god yeah and so she gets this message and is well aware of the situation now well before joseph knows what's going on but thankfully the lord saw fit to give him a dream and um really kind of explain to him in this dream what the course of action was to be and knowing that Joseph was um, a man good, of character, yeah, of good character, a noble, a noble man, he was going to see this through. I mean, that's that's a big deal in and of itself. Everyone I mean, wants to say like Mary was chosen, but Joseph was too. Yes, Joseph was chosen for a reason. I mean, even the genealogy, right? Like, if you look, what was it, Luke three? It lists the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't include the lineage of the female. It always included the lineage of the male. Right. When they went back to Bethlehem, it wasn't because it was Mary's family's genealogy. It was because it was Joseph's. Yeah. And actually, and if you the, go into Matthew 1, starting with verse 1, it actually tells you this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and goes all the way through. Uh, 17 explaining that and then we jump right into verse 18 which is where joseph is first mentioned and it tells us that mary was betrothed to joseph so we know that they weren't already married at this point and so but then it is a little bit confusing because you go to verse 19 says joseph her husband being a just man not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly but at that point, that's when in but, verse 20, yeah. we see that the angel visits Joseph in a dream and tells him, you know, just like they said to Mary, don't be afraid. And so this was, you know, catching them at a very pivotal moment in their lives. And for both of them to come together and know that this is what has to happen. They were also young. Like we yeah. don't know Joseph's age. For sure and we don't really know mary's for but we sure, just but know the custom we also know that it has been basically said that mary would have been somewhere around right. 14. correct and so joseph could have been substantially older but kind of implies that he was yeah. about the same age maybe a little older yeah so as we go on we see that you know obviously jesus is born um and joseph gets more instruction from the Lord that they need to 
flee to Egypt. And as most of you know that have read this story, especially recently, being that we were around the Christmas season, that um, they flee to Egypt and Herod, you know, goes in and there's a huge massacre. And then whenever Herod dies, Joseph is visited a third time in a dream and says that you're to go back to uh, the land of your fathers and go back to Nazareth. Nazareth. Um, and but I think it needs to be emphasized there. The angel appeared two more times mm -hmm. to Joseph. He was the head of the household and he was the, the earthly father of Jesus. And, you know, we, we always think about sweet baby Jesus in the manger. And then we jump to Jesus Flipping in his tables. early thirties, you know, Flipping hanging out tables with a in the bunch temple. of, yeah, ragtag guys. It, you know, some might stop where he's, you know, preaching in the temple whenever he's a young boy after they've left and they have to go back and find him. And they find that, oh, well, he's mm -hmm. hanging out with all of the leaders in the temple and they're amazed by his wisdom. Yeah. So you might hit that little detour point, you know, but most people jump from baby Jesus to the ministry of Christ, the ministry of Jesus. And uh, the one thing that they leave out and they kind of bypass is Jesus still had to go through all the stages of life. He was an infant. He was a toddler. Um, he probably went through his little terrible twos, though he didn't sin. He was there was probably some times that, you know, he was <laughs> he was a little bit more of a handful. Um, but just so nicely. Learning. We're in the throes of toddlerhood now, y'all. <laughs> so this this is hitting home. So there had to been a lot of earthly teaching and a lot of that would have come from Mary, but a lot of that would have come from Joseph. And we know that Jesus had a trade as he grew older to support himself and to and Mary to move about. And a lot of I think a lot of people bypass that fact, too, that yeah, if the husband, the head of the household passed away, right, it would have been up to the sons to basically help provide, provide for their mother as well. And that's one thing that Unless we don't know what happened with Joseph. Um, but the but he wasn't present right. at the crucifixion. Right. So this is where kind it implies of, that he's passed yeah. at this point. Um, we don't know re what really happened, but we do know that he taught Jesus a trade. Yeah. We we do know that he was taught to be a carpenter and that Jesus, um, you know, took up that trade himself to support him, to support his mom and to support the beginnings of his ministry. Joseph being chosen, mm -hmm. he had a job to teach him everything he knew to steward him, to guide him yeah. from boyhood to manhood. We had seen a reel a while back about the, the weight of responsibility on a father and how he is basically living to raise his replacement Yeah. once he has children, specifically yeah. a son. Mm -hmm. He is living his life to guide this child to be his replacement ultimately. And I mean... I think every father, I mean, just from outside looking in, feels that weight and that responsibility. Yeah. But I can't imagine what Joseph would have felt knowing, knowing that he's raising, that he's raising the, the Messiah, yeah. the Savior of the world. Yeah. Like, it, I can't imagine how many 
shortcomings he must have felt he had. I mean, you know, there's so many times when we as fathers just in the natural are like, man, I'm failing as a dad today. Like, I haven't played with my kids enough. I haven't read the Bible to them enough. I haven't taught them enough. And you think about that as, you know, I have just the weight on my shoulders of I've got to make sure I don't mess this kid up. I need to teach him (laughs) what he needs to know. He needs survival skills. And then you throw on that this isn't his natural son. So this is adoptive. And And they did share natural children. Right. Eventually. They did. But one thing that a lot of people overlook or are not aware of was uh, an adoption then meant even so much more than what it even does now. Adoption then meant it wasn't just that you have a legal guardianship over that child, but it was impossible for you to disown an adopted kid. You could disown natural children, but you could not disown one that you chose to adopt. And so him making that decision to take Jesus as his adoptive son and raise him as his own was really a a lifelong uh, decision and commitment and commitment on his own. And so there's that added pressure on here's the thing, like it, being his adopt i mean jesus christ is ultimately the adopted son of joseph Mm -hmm. and most of the time back in that day i know we keep saying in that culture in that time yeah but the firstborn son received all the blessings and benefits and so jesus takes on that firstborn son position and he gets all of the all of the benefit which is reflective of the father in heaven. Right. He gets all the benefit, all the glory, all the goodness of what the father has built and given to him. Mm-hmm. And Joseph is choosing to do the same. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't really know what's going to happen. Um, he just knows that he's being charged with this, um, this task. To take Mary as your wife. To take and Mary's raise your wife. that son as your yep. own wife. Yep. You know, I the one thing that I think a lot of people do recognize, and something that always sticks out to me anytime we watch something or see a nativity is, so whenever the census is called, so they don't go to Mary's hometown for the census. They have to go to Joseph's hometown for the census and be counted. And so Jesus is going to eventually be counted in this census because he's in that lineage and that lineage also when we talked about that before you know the lineage to king david and abraham comes through joseph not mary yeah but yet whenever it's uh accounted to jesus he is in the line of david of jesse of abraham and so because of that adoption by Joseph, he gets the birthright of the lineage of Abraham and King David, which is, that is a huge weight in and of itself. The thing that, that I was trying to get to with this is they have to go back for this census and be counted. And, you know, we always hear the story, well, they get, they get there to Bethlehem and there's no room in the inn. 
we have to also remember Mary and Joseph were human. Yeah. Like didn't have Expedia. No. For Bethlehem. (laughs) But one of the things that I've heard this year, it's always, well, Mary just said yes. She had no questions. She just said yes. I'm like, who said she had no questions? Who said she wasn't worried? Like, I get that she said, be it unto me. And she was in agreement. But I can tell you there's been many times I have been in agreement and in submission to what the Lord is calling me to do. But that doesn't mean I don't have my own questions. That doesn't mean I'm not experiencing very real human emotions. And if Jesus Christ experienced those human emotions, what makes us think that Mary and Joseph didn't do the same? Anybody that goes and reads Luke one twenty nine, and it says, but when she saw him, Mary, when she saw him, uh, Gabriel, she was troubled at this saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. <laughs> and then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Do so, not be afraid. There's a, be afraid. There's an angel that just appeared. And if you have ever oh. researched angels, like it's not the little cute cherubs sitting no. on a cloud that are like, hello, my sweet chosen one. With the big it gold is, wings. It no. is terrifying. They are huge. They are huge. They are strong. They mm-hmm. they are a big presence. Yes. When I say big presence, I mean you know when they enter the room. Oh, the yeah. atmosphere changes. Just it's almost like the weight of glory because of where they're coming from settles. Oh yeah. You would almost have the like the fear of death come over you, but in a a, a different sense. <laughs> Sorry for the dogs and all the noise. We um wow. Our neighbor has a new dog that they they rescued, and um, we're recording this from the the porch. Yes, because so we're going to hold the mics a little it's bit. It's the closer. only place that we can go where there is not um, Miss Rachel playing, or uh, or London watching whatever he's into. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you guys for bearing with us. I can't edit <laughs> that out. No, it's okay. Y'all, we have tried to stop recording this podcast and wait for the dog to calm down, but it's just not happening. So, no. again, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you just get background noise. You guys do. Like, It'll be fine. Real life. Like, that's, this is, this is reality. <laughs> hey, maybe this was meant to be. Maybe have, your dogs are actually getting a good message. You're going to have to speak up or the dog is going <laughs> to take over. <laughs> Joseph gets the dreams. And he goes along with this and everything. But the entire time, I mean, from the moment that he has that first dream and the realization of what's going to happen until the time of whatever his end was, whatever the death, his death was. I mean, there had to have been so much weight on his shoulders to not only still support the family, but then make sure that he's doing everything that he's supposed to be doing. He's got to be walking a tight line too. Like that's the other thing is he's got a son that is living a sinless life and he's supposed to be setting an example for him. Oh, wow. I've never even considered that. So, I mean, he's got little eyes looking at him that, yeah, he's got the help of the Holy spirit, but still, Jesus has free will while he's on this earth. He was made entirely man. So he had to go through the, all the stages of life like we talked about. And he still was susceptible to sin. He was still, you know, presented with those opportunities to sin. 
And Joseph had to show him how to navigate that and live a sinless life. It wasn't just a, hey, you're here and it's good to go. Joseph had to be that example in every situation because Jesus was watching him the whole time growing up. We go from baby Jesus in a manger, sweet little perfect, innocent, infant Christ. To, to water to wine. Water to wine, like, let's feed the 5,000. But Jesus went through puberty. Mm -hmm. Jesus had to learn how to walk. Mm -hmm. Jesus had to learn all the things. Yeah. And then Jesus had had to step into his calling. Right. And Joseph had to step back and allow him to do so. Right. He had 30 years before the ministry started. But I mean, even then, what would he have been whenever he was in the temple? Yeah, he would have been like around 12 years old at that and point. And he, he was already stepping into his calling. Mm -hmm. And he had to learn those scriptures. Like, honestly, if you read through the Gospels, that's some of the, the last mentions mm -hmm. of Mary and Joseph. Right. Because everyone's like, well, Jesus' ministry started at 30. Well, his ministry started at 12. Yeah. He started open, preaching. Yeah. He started teaching in the synagogue. Mm -hmm. They started listening to him. Right. At 12. Our oldest is 10, y'all. And to follow a story that he's trying to tell us when he's excited or passionate about something. <laughs> now, if he's reciting scripture, he's, he's on point. Oh my gosh. I When I grow up, I want to be able to recite scripture like our 10-year-old. To consider at 12 that they would have been witnessing because they right. saw him. Yeah. It wasn't that Jesus just came running out of the synagogue. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. They found him mm -hmm. in the They're synagogue. Yeah. They're teaching. And I can't. And then the leaders are telling him like, hey, he is so wise. Like, Could you fathom as a parent walking up to a situation like that? I've got to think that at that point, though, they Joseph knew. and Mary probably already knew. And they're like, oh, well. <laughs> like how you just take away all, <laughs> all majesty from it. You're like, they're probably like, eh. Well, I mean, he does this all the time at home. He probably did. <laughs> Could you imagine the sermons they got while he was growing up? Oh, man. Just the revelation. Oh, man. And I mean, this is pure speculation for sure. Oh, yeah. But, but you got you to think. Joseph had to have been teaching. Did he speak scripture. in parables when he was in elementary? Like, did <laughs> he? Like, think about it. Some of these things you can you can kind of imagine and kind of put your yourself in their shoes. But others... It's, there's just so much to it. And with Joseph, you know, And there's Mary, so much gray area that we just right, don't know. Right. And we're not to add to the scriptures. We're not no. to subtract from the scriptures. And we're not doing that by making lighthearted no. remarks, I promise. Like, we, we firmly believe and respect the sovereignty of the Holy Word. Right. But... But you wonder, you, you wonder, wonder about those situations. But you think look these at, are what creates those questions for heaven. Right. Like, these are good questions to have seeing things in context from different perspectives <laughs> is is a really cool way to read the scriptures too because you know with mary giving birth to jesus there's going to be that maternal love that's instant there is a connection that a woman feels to that baby mm -hmm. whenever a couple is expecting right that the man just he cannot feel no, that even connection with, even with your natural born <laughs> your biological kids so whenever you are a first-time father to an adoptive 
baby and you're there for the birth, you're there for uh, the vast majority of the pregnancy. We know that Mary was visiting her cousin Elizabeth for a few months, so he was not around at that point. But with Joseph, it it probably would have been a little bit different as far as, you know, making that connection as a father to this baby, like having that emotional connection and that tie to him. And it probably took a little while, especially Did it take you a little while. Like I'm just going to use Jericho as an example. Jericho is our one year old and I was honored to be able to walk out most of the pregnancy with our son's birth mom. Like yeah. I was very close with her. I went to doctor's I appointments. I was one of the first phone calls when the water broke. Mm -hmm. I was up there. And I mean, even Ours I missed the birth unique. though. Like yeah. he just came so fast. Ours but. is a unique situation in that that relationship was being built during the pregnancy. Yeah. And yeah. so there was a little bit deeper connection right out the gate. And you had been a foster dad before that. Right. And so that ability to open up your heart to a child that's not biologically yours. Yeah. Is, and with Jericho, it was, was a there. little bit is a little bit different with the foster babies that we had. You know, obviously, you know, after not very long at all. You already got that feeling and that tie to them. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it's like whenever, if you have older foster kids, ours were infants whenever we got them. And so it was easier to make that connection. I think they just see you as mom and dad right away. And I think with Jericho, I think that's what was just so easy. But what was kind of unusual with him is. I was actually getting this feeling that, you know, he was going to be my little buddy kind of thing. And so whenever he did come and we got there and uh, got to meet him in the hospital, it was almost an instant connection for me, which I, I was afraid that it wasn't going to be. But when we got there, um, it just clicked. The Lord was giving you dreams mm -hmm. and he was giving you visions mm -hmm. during that time. And I was basically in the shadows. And that was okay because there was something else the Lord was doing. You in my weren't in heart. the shadows. You were in the front line. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> yes. So just to preface quickly, I'm not going into it. We talked about it a couple, quite a few podcast episodes back. We were fostering infants. We got falsely accused of yeah. the most heinous actions. Took a year to prove our innocence. Thank God I kept a paper trail of mm -hmm. everything that was ever done. And then in the middle of all of that, we find out the possibility of pursuing a private adoption with a birth mother out of state yep. through a mutual friend. And then as we start corresponding pretty vaguely at that point, just kind of opening up the doors to communication, my yeah. mother was murdered by my stepdad, who then in turn committed suicide and me being the oldest and basically my brother and I only next of kin required me to take care of all of that. And all that was also happening while we were being investigated by CPS. It was a wild ride. I book to come soon. Oh my gosh, you guys <laughs> like it was wild. But the thing is, I can only see it from my perspective, but I know that in the midst of all of that, when the foster babies were removed, when the season of waiting and preparing a space for Jericho was happening, like Colton had his own journey. He was going through emotionally and spiritually. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to approach it differently. They're going to have different feelings. They're going to have 
the Lord's going to give them different dreams and everybody just personality alone. Well, like I remember, have a big effect on it. I remember being in the state waiting for Jericho's birth mm-hmm. and I was going to call you as soon as labor ensued, I guess you could say. And I remember calling and being like, I'm scared. It's just going to all fall apart. Like this isn't going to go through something bad about to happen. Mo- I was more scared that I wasn't going to make it there in time, which I didn't even make it out of town in time. <laughs> and I still had 12 but hours Colton's to drive. faith was so different because of the visions and the dreams that the Lord had given him. Much yeah, like had, Joseph, like yeah. he had given him something to hold on to. Yeah. Honestly, I felt guilty at some, at some points because I knew that you had a little bit more struggle with um, believing that it was going to go through and me the whole time i'm like no it's going through i like i didn't have an inkling of doubt i just knew that i knew that i knew but i was also walking out a season of every good thing that was put in my path was, was being, being tore down and tore destroyed. down and destroyed and so for probably about a year and a half really mm-hmm. i just i just sat on the belief that good things are for other people but they're not for me it was one of those i I honestly operated a lot of that season out by leaning on your faith. Mm. And I wonder if Mary did the same. I would, I would imagine that there had to been back and forth with it. Like, I mean, I understand like immaculate conception once like she started to feel kicked. She's probably like, Oh, like this, this is real. Like, I mean, there would be so much faith born in that. Well, and he, Joseph had to have faith that she was telling the truth. Like he had this dream. I mean, I've had crazy maniacal dreams before that had nothing to do with the actual reality of things. Pizza dreams. (laughs) Yeah, pizza dreams. But I mean, for him to have had the faith in her, not even having known who she was. Like at this point, they were basically blind strangers. I mean, he's taking her word. Like if you heard someone do that now, they'd be like red flags all (laughs) over psych like, ward chick is crazy <laughs> yeah. like but then i pray mean, for putting, her don't play with her right he's putting all of his faith <laughs> this is his entire life on the line literally in belief yeah. in faith from a dream and he goes with it he's like lord i trust you i trust you entirely and then once it comes to fruition now he has to put an entirely different trust in the lord that he's going to be the father that God believes that he can be to the savior of the world, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, that he's got 30 year, he's got a 30 year task to raise Jesus to the point that he's ready to begin his public ministry. But I mean, that number wasn't known also while Joseph right. was raising him. He, he didn't know for sure no. when, when Jesus would go from being his son to the Messiah. Right. He and I mean, he know. always was, but to take up that cross and really start to right. do what he was sent here to do. So there was a lot on his shoulders for all of this. And, you know, being being both a biological father and having been a foster dad and being an adoptive father, putting your heart out there for a kid making yourself vulnerable in every situation, not knowing what the outcome is going to be, not knowing you, you don't even know how many days you're guaranteed, let alone how many 
days or what these kids' lives are going to look like, but just being faithful and being there for them and just just being there as a father um, goes a long ways. What it all comes down to is, you know, I enjoy seeing the Bible from all these different perspectives and seeing this from Joseph's perspective. And then with you asking me to share about this, like I've looked, I've thought about this before, but I had never really vocalized anything about it. Cause I'm like, you know, everybody hears the nativity story. They, they know about Mary and Joseph and they go to Bethlehem and then Jesus is born. And then, well, you don't really hear anything about Joseph other than Jesus is a carpenter, the son of a carpenter. I feel like a lot of times in, in the nativity scenes that we see, in the plays that we watch, in the movies that are done, he's that almost Joseph a background is almost like an accessory. Yeah, he's just there. I mean, the emphasis is on the wise man or on the donkey. Even you don't like. Yeah. You. I mean, I. I feel like more emphasis is placed on gold, frankincense, and myrrh than the very earthly father of Jesus Christ. Whenever you start looking at these from different perspectives, and then you start getting into these that a lot of people look at as secondary characters, Joseph is one of those that. I don't think we really see how much impact he has on the whole narrative of He's not a supporting character. He is a main character. He is because he was the one that had the most influence on Jesus on this earth of anyone in the Bible. You can even say that if Joseph had not been willing to heed the wisdom and the advice of the angel to flee to Egypt... We'd that, be talking about a whole different story. It would be a totally different story. There's so many ways that this could have gone, but they didn't because there is emphasis yeah. on the fact that Joseph submitted to the will of God in yeah. the middle of a very difficult Yeah. I mean, there's a lot situation. of important people in the Bible that aren't even named. So whenever you've got someone that's actually named and given any account of any sort of details of their lives, you've got to realize that there's importance there. One of the main prophecies was that he would be in the line of David. Had it not been Joseph, there might not have been another option for him to have come through the line of David. So I I think for all fathers out there, they need to they need to raise their kids and look at their kids as if they are going to go and do miraculous works just like Jesus did. And so you don't know what the impact of a child's going to be at any given point in their life. Every single child has the call of God on their life. Yeah. And just like Joseph, being allowed to be led by the Holy Spirit to do the right thing. So, yeah, I I was like, Colton, this podcast will probably only be like 15 minutes. I think we're at like 45. (laughs) (laughs) That always happens. We hope that the ones that need to hear it are hearing it. Yeah. And I'm very thankful that you were willing to share. Always. Always. But for the sake of your sanity and our own, we should probably Probably. wrap it up. Thank you for joining. Of course. I, I know you never thought you'd be on a women's podcast this frequently, so I do appreciate you. It's all good. I I don't have any <laughs> expectations one way or the other. <laughs> Thank you guys for those of you who have chosen to listen to however long this podcast has turned Our out ramblings. to be. I hope that there was something that the Lord used in this, and I pray that it blesses your heart this Christmas season. 
but for us now, our 10-year-old has let us know that it is time to play Bonanza. So we're going to go play a card game with our kid and then do our own Advent study as a family. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Bloom Wildly Live Simply podcast. Again, my name is Morgan Bartell, and I want to invite you to join me over on my socials. You can find me over on Instagram at, at Morgan Bartell. And if you're looking for a good weekly devotional, I invite you to visit bloomwildlylivesimply.com to sign up for my weekly Devo. You will receive a 10 minute or less devotional sent straight to your inbox every single Thursday morning. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys next week.